Welcome to the Ivy Church podcast. For more podcasts and information about Ivy Church, go to ivychurch.org. Hello, my name is Hannah and I'm one of the leaders here at Ivy Church and it is my honour to be speaking to you this morning. I wonder if you can imagine for me that the next time, or imagine if God's people, the next time that we turn on the news and see some trouble is coming, the next time that we turn on the radio and hear a new news report, the next time that a friend messages with bad news, imagine that instead of feeling overwhelmed and the heaviness of it, that actually instead we see it as an opportunity for kindness. What a shift that would be in our vision and in our thinking to think that actually instead of it being overwhelming and hard and just difficult, that actually we as God's people see it as an opportunity for kindness, that we see it as an opportunity for the kingdom of God to be on display here in the earth. And we are in a series um, of the fruit of the spirit. And each week you've been asked to score yourself on maybe how you find yourself on a scale of 0 to 10. How would you think that you are doing in uh, thinking about love and joy and peace and patience? And I don't like to do the scoring. I just think, I'm not going to do that. But you might want to do that because actually when we start to score ourselves, it can be a little bit scary what we're confronted with. And yet today we are asked to think about kindness And yet I want to tell you straight off that this is not just a a nice thing that I'm going to be talking to you about. This is actually one of the most powerful things that we can hold is kindness. And so we actually see in the Bible in Matthew 25 that Jesus himself says that this is something that will be asked of us, the kindness test in the last days. And so I've asked Lucy to come up and share that with us now. When the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels uh, with him, he will sit on his glorious throne. All the nations will be gathered before him and he will separate the people one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goat. He will put the sheep on his right and the goats on his left. Then the king will say to those on his right, come you who are blessed by my father, Take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. For I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and you invited me in. I needed clothes and you clothed me. I was sick and you looked after me. I was in prison and you came to visit me. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you a stranger and invite you in or needing clothes and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison and go to visit you? And the king will reply, truly, I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. Then he will say to those on his left, depart from me, you who are cursed, into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry and you gave me nothing to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me nothing to drink. I was a stranger and you did not invite me in. I needed clothes and you did not clothe me. I was sick and in prison and you did not look after me. They also will answer, Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or needing clothes or sick or in prison and did not help you? And he will reply, truly, I tell you, whatever you did not do for one of the least of these, you did not do for me. 
Then they will go to eternal punishment, but the righteous to eternal life. Thanks, Luce. So it's quite heavy reading, that one. And I think initially, for most of us in listening to that, you can just think, what on earth? Why am I having to listen to this? But I think it's really interesting that actually that probably shows a bit of where we think we sit in that picture. That actually that maybe means that we sit thinking, I'm one of those that maybe isn't doing what I could be doing. And yet actually, I think for a lot of us, we look and we think this is, sounds a lot like the judgment of Jesus. It sounds a lot like oh, the kind of God that I don't really want my friends to think that Jesus is like. And yet actually, what this actually shows when we look into it is actually the love of Jesus. Because he's not just saying, do this, do that. He's saying, I am with the poor so much that I am them. He's saying that when you show kindness to them, you are showing kindness to me. And if actually we sit in the seat of being people who are sick or who are in need or who are in prison or who are hurting, then actually these verses are what we need. It's what our world needs. It needs people that will go, I am with you. I see that you're hurting. I see you. And I don't just think, oh, you're someone off over there who needs help, but you are my brother You are my sister, and therefore I am with you, just as Jesus is with you. And the ultimate comfort comes in knowing that he is with us, and he is for us. I worked in prison for six years with the Message Trust, and um, I, through that time, would often have the same reoccurring dream. And that dream was that I would go into prison for a normal work day. I'd open the gate and go in and start a session with one of the young girls. I worked in a style women's prison. And then as I went into the room, often it would be that in this dream, my sister, Emma, was in there. And suddenly, everything changed of how I reacted. That kind of peace and the normality of just going into prison changed. And I had this panic happen that actually my sister is in here. And then how I wanted to help her completely changed. It'd be like, what can I get for her? This can't be right. How can I help her? I'm going to come and visit every day. I'm going to work till the latest I can to be with her, to be alongside her, to love her, to just sit and listen to her, to make sure that she's okay. And I always felt like when I opened my Bible and I read this verse, that this is what God was doing for my heart in the dream is that as I had that dream, when I woke up the next day and went back into prison, I was changed. I had the refreshing that I needed to not just go in and see them as as girls that I work with, but see them as women, loved as much as my sister is loved by me, I am to love them. Because Jesus loves them as much as I love my sister and more. And that's what he's asking in these verses that actually shift our perspective on seeing it as judgment and punishment and see it as opportunities for kindness that bring such power and transformation in this world that, as you know, is so needed right now. See, Jesus is not only just kind and nice to those that are hungry or sick or imprisoned. He actually says, I am them. When you do it for them, you do it for me. And currently we're seeing across the nation and across the world that actually there are so many that are hungry and that are becoming more hungry, that those who are already struggling sadly are struggling more and more. 
and not just here in the UK, but all around the world. See, the World Bank recently shared that global extreme poverty is likely to rise in 2020 for the first time in over 20 years. Global extreme poverty is likely to rise this year, 2020, for the first time in over 20 years. As the COVID-19 pandemic adds to the impact that climate change and conflict have already been having in slowing down the poverty reduction. And it's estimated to push somewhere between an additional 88 to 115 million people into extreme poverty this year. Just think about it for a minute. I know it's hard, we get a lot of statistics, it's hard to think about the numbers. When I actually heard that, I thought it was the gap. I thought maybe 88 million are in poverty and it's going to increase to 115 million. But no, it's going to increase this year in total somewhere between 88 to 115 million people are going to be pushed into extreme poverty. And what is extreme poverty? Maybe we think, oh, it means that you struggle with your weekly shop. No, it means that people are surviving on less than £1.47 a day. And so many more people are going to be pushed into that in our world this year. And these aren't just statistics, even though it feels like it and it's hard to get our head around. My husband works for Tear Fund, a Christian charity, and he's been speaking to colleagues all around the world, people who are affected in such huge ways. And I don't want to minimise our suffering at all. I know that here we are struggling, and I'm going to come on to that, and I know that it's hard. But we have to be able to look up and look out at the world around us and what is going on. So in Malawi... Gender-based violence has emerged strongly during this pandemic. And they've had school closures there, the same as we've had school closures here, only the lockdown has meant that there's been an increase in teenage pregnancies as more young girls are hugely at risk. In Ethiopia, not only have they had COVID restrictions, but also a plague of locusts, flooding and drought. And the number of people in need of food provision is 6 million in Ethiopia alone. 6 million people are in need of food provision. And the flooding has displaced 300,000 people. Again, it's hard with statistics, we can't even imagine that, but flooding has displaced, that means people have lost their homes, have lost their jobs, have lost everything that they had, 300,000 people. For us in the UK, that would be like everybody in the city of Newcastle, everyone having everything washed out and no one having anything left, every single person that lives in Newcastle. That is huge and it can feel so heavy and unbearable. And here in the UK, as I said, I know that the statistics in so many areas are increasing. If we look at homelessness, then it's increased during this time. The stats um, on reporting, on how many people are reporting it, has increased in 2020. And I found this really interesting to read, though, um, that Matt Harrison, the director of Streetlink, said that the rise in reports could have been in part because rough sleepers were more visible during lockdown because the streets were quieter. Again, just think about it for a minute. That actually everyone stopped rushing from one thing to the other. The streets aren't as busy, and therefore people are reporting homelessness because they can now see them. They're not 
And there has been an increase as well, he says, you know, um, but he also said that new people are being forced to sleep rough for the first time as a direct impact of the virus as support services are shut. So absolutely, it's due to lack of jobs, financial difficulty, services being shut down, and a growing concern as the furlough scheme ends and the eviction ban gets lifted, potentially, that there's a, there's a growing increase in worry over homelessness and people losing their homes. Yeah, I find it so interesting that he noted that, that actually a big reason that the reporting is going up is because now people are seeing it. And I wonder if we see... Do we see the need around us or have we become numb to it? Do we see the need in this world or have I got enough to deal with with what's just happening in my house? Yet as the roads clear and the busyness changes, then actually maybe we start to see the need in front of us. Maybe things that were always there are now becoming more visible. And for Jesus, people are always visible. He took what others saw as an issue or as untouchable or uncomfortable and he saw it as an opportunity for kindness. And we have this choice, as I've already said, to see things in this world as just hard and difficult and almost shut my eyes, don't really want to know about it. Or we can see it through the lens of Jesus and see there's an opportunity for kindness here. There's an opportunity for the kingdom of God to step in. And that is what Tear Fund have been seeing and other charities have been seeing around the world. They see that actually the church is already on the ground. And where Tear Fund are working with the local church, they're finding that in a lot of countries, the church is more trusted than the government. And therefore, the government are liaising with the church and bringing the church in to help them with um, messaging around health, helping to ask the church to message to people about improving um, health and sanitation. And this means that in places like Malawi that I gave statistics about earlier, they've actually seen uh, diseases like cholera dramatically decrease. Dramatically decrease, which is a bigger killer than coronavirus. And that's thanks to the church. Churches have already been on the ground and so able to identify families that are most vulnerable and provide food and literally save people's lives. And it's actually seen that over 1.5 million people have been reached by this response. And that couldn't have been done by one organisation, but it can be done by the local church. It can be done by God's people because they're already there. And it can be done through the kindness of God's people. Caring for the spiritual, but also for the physical needs. And we have to do both. It's not one or the other. We have to do both, spiritual and physical. And I personally first heard this um, phrase, opportunity for kindness, um, a couple of years ago as um, I went to see a friend, well, actually just over a year ago, because um, it was when we first lost um, our first baby. We um, have lost two children in the last year to miscarriage. And the first time that I went to see her, it was because I wasn't sure if I wanted to share with the church, I wasn't sure if I wanted to share with other people that this had happened to us. And yet as we spoke, she said, actually what you would do in, you know, I lead a church and so in, in not doing, she said, but if you do share with your church, then you're giving them the opportunity for kindness. That rather than just get hurt by people saying things and not knowing and it all being a bit messed up, that actually you're giving them the opportunity for kindness. 
And of course, with that, there's always a risk. Any time that we're vulnerable, any time that we say I'm struggling, any time that we put ourselves out there and say, this is where I really am, there's a risk. People won't always be kind. People will still say the wrong thing. But actually, you can't decide what they do, but you can decide what you do. And so I found the courage with my husband to share with our church and to see that actually the church did bring such an amazing joy and kindness to us. And I do want to say, I don't think we should share with everyone. I lead a church, which is why it was right for me to stand at the front and share it with them. But for you, I wonder who it is that you do share with. That we know that mental health is such a difficult thing at this time and it's getting worse. So please, can I encourage you to find someone safe to share how you really are with. You're not doing it just for yourself. You're doing it to give them an opportunity for kindness. I heard this week a speaker called Carrie Newoff say, people will admire your strengths, but they'll resonate with your weaknesses. And often we can want to just be admired and show off our strengths, but actually we need to give people the opportunity to resonate with our weaknesses, to see that we're human too, but we have a God who's with us in it. And I think that often we fall easier into one or two of these, that it might be that we find that actually I find it much easier to show kindness. We all know of people like this. My nanan is one of them. She is so brilliant at showing kindness. She's the first one to help out. She's the first one to step in. But actually maybe then we find it hard to be on the receiving end of kindness, that we're so used to helping other people that we find it hard to take it for ourselves. And I want to encourage you today to choose the people that are safe for you, to be vulnerable and to allow them to help you in kindness. Or it might be the other way that actually we find that we are people who, who I'm okay with people helping me. I need a lot of kindness. Maybe even in listening to this, you're thinking, well, it's nice for you that you've had people support you, but I want people to support me. And yet, as I was writing this, I really felt God saying, there's people who, who want kindness, but first you need to be giving it that actually maybe we often sit in the seat of being wanting to receive and yet God is saying, please give. So I wonder for you, is it harder for you to give or receive kindness? And Jesus had the balance of both. He was the servant king, allowing himself to be helped. He stood at the well with the woman at the well and he asked her for a drink. He humbled himself so that he could start a conversation. He became vulnerable in order to start relationship and discussion with her, and that kindness led to salvation. He allowed people to cook for him, to look after him, to give him home. He didn't even have a home. He allowed people to care for him. The saviour of the world allowed people to show him kindness. And I think how powerful it would be if God's people saw every opportunity of pain and trouble as an opportunity for kindness. If we viewed stuff through the Jesus lens, how much opportunity is there out there right now? And so I do want to take a second to thank the church, to thank you, to thank the people that have known about our pain. You did show such kindness. You made us food. You sent prayers, you sent texts, you sent cards, you gave us precious gifts and you stepped in when we couldn't. And then when we lost again just before lockdown, even though it was harder to love us, you still loved us so well and you continue to. And so I want to thank you. 
And I want to encourage you as well at home, if this is making you think of a time when someone showed you kindness, thank them. Because it's powerful to be recognised. And this month is Baby Loss Awareness Month. And so I do just also want to thank those that made the wave of light service happen here this week. And I want to reach out to anyone who's watching this, maybe because you were sent this because you have experienced this loss. And I just want to say that I know that is something that can be so invisible, something so that we want to hide. And yet I want you to know that God's kindness is here for you, that his love is here for you, that there is healing that can come and that he speaks love over each family. Titus 3 says, but when the kindness and love of God our Saviour appeared, so when kindness and love appeared, he saved us. When the kindness and love of God our Saviour appeared, he saved us. That is the ultimate kindness, he saved us. See, Jesus embodies the fruit of the Spirit. His every interaction teaches us the kindness of God. Lepers that others would have avoided and not touched, he touched them and he healed them. The woman with bleeding who was seen as unclean, he called her daughter. Tax collectors, liars, cheats, Jesus called friend. And simple fishermen, Jesus laughed with, taught them, put identity in them. He said he called them fishers of men. He called them his disciples. He put purpose inside of them and said, on this rock I will build my church, feed my sheep. He saw opportunities for kindness in each person that stepped in front of him day in, day out. And this is the true power of kindness. And we don't have to wait for lockdown to end to start being kind. And we have a very special, particular um, opportunity for kindness that we want to share with you now. The Message Community Grocery Store because we at Ivy really want to support what is happening here at the Message Trust building. They have opened this community grocery store for anyone uh, from the area that would like to come and we know that food banks are incredible but here people are able to come and sign up to be a member and then come and shop for themselves to get what they want to eat. And so I have two opportunities for us here. The first one for us at Ivy is to come and volunteer to be able to come in and meet these people and help out Um, And the second is that we at Ivy want to do this year for Christmas a Christmas toy shop where we will help to purchase toys, brand new toys for children um, and then extend the store to have a Christmas toy shop. And so if you would like to give in order to have it that people, parents, grandparents can come in this Christmas and buy their children whatever toy they feel their children would love, then we get to be a part of that. And so if you go to ivychurch.org slash toy shop, then we would love it to be that all of us at Ivy this year make a Christmas toy store. So get involved and it's going to be awesome. Awesome. And so I love Christmas and I love a toy shop. Um, But I would love it to be that you really think about if this is a way that you could help us to help others this Christmas. And I want to end by reading Ephesians 2, 1. So if you have your Bible, please do get out Ephesians 2, 1. And we're starting at verse 4. And it says, Because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ. Even when we were dead in our transgressions, it is by grace that you have been saved. 
And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. Why? In order that in the coming ages he might show the incomparable riches of his grace. How? Expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. Can you say that with me? Expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. For it is by grace that you have been saved through faith. And it is not from yourselves. It is not um, anything that you can do. It's not about, this talk is not about just go and do better, help more people. It is, but it's because of the grace and the love that we have so been shown that we see people as our brothers and sisters. Not by works so that anyone could boast. For we are God's handiwork. You are created by God for purpose. Created in Christ Jesus to do good works, he has kind, good works in store for you to do, which God prepared in advance for us. It is the kindness of God that leads to repentance. It's the kindness of God that leads us to a place of salvation. It's his unending love for us, as Pete spoke so powerfully about last week. It's the fact that he was on that cross and still looked down and said, Father, forgive them. It is the kindness of God that frees us. It's the kindness of God that speaks everything of purpose into our lives. It is the kindness of God that transforms nations. It is the kindness of God that brings everything that we need. It is the glory that we need to see in this earth. It is expressed in the kindness and the love of God. And that is our prayer for those that are coming to the message it's the prayer that we have that they would see um, kindness displayed. And we've heard from one lady and from many of them, but from one in particular who said that um, she went to the shop and then said to someone that she knows, why would they be so kind to me? Why would they show me such love and respect? And I know six women, just from talking to one person, I know six women this last week who have given their lives to Jesus. Through coming to that shop, being first given the need of food by doing what Jesus did, of showing the kindness of feeding them, and then seeing who, 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 is the, who are these people that they would do this for me? Who is this God? That six women just in this last week have given their lives to Jesus. That's worth a clap. I think that's quite exciting. That's awesome. And not only there, but in our whole lives, we want to see opportunities for kindness that lead to salvation. And so I pray with you now that we would open our hearts again. I've been so challenged as I've read these statistics, as I've looked at all of what is going on in the world, that I need to be someone who shows kindness more. I need to step into everything that God has for me. And I wonder if maybe this has challenged you as well today. And not in a judgmental way, not in a, oh, now just feel bad. There's no condemnation for those that are in Christ Jesus. But it is okay for us to say, Lord, break my heart again for what breaks yours. Let me see what has always been there, but make it more visible. And to receive his power to see opportunities for kindness released. Thanks for listening. For more podcasts, go to ivychurch.org/media.